Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Darren Hefty. We're going to be talking about early corn fungicides on today's program and taking your calls and questions throughout at 844-44-AG-PHD. You can also send us an email, radio at agphd.com. we got a bunch of questions to get through on today's program. You know, when we think about early corn fungicides, what's your definition of early? And I, I think that's a little bit tricky when you hear a topic like that. Because if we said, well, we're talking about V4 to V7 timing on corn fungicides, That'd be a little more specific, but again, we'd still have a little bit of confusion because I get farmers that ask all the time, okay, talk to me about exactly what you mean by, let's just say V4, for example. Now, there are, there are different methods for counting leaves on corn, and the most accepted one that we've come around in, and really the one that we use and have used for quite a while, is looking for fully developed leaf collars. So as your corn gets up and growing, which there's a lot of corn still sitting in the ground out there, and I know you're probably as anxious as I am to get out there and see emergence, see what kind of stand we got, and, and start dealing with some of the in-crop things. But when we're looking at that, when the corn leaves first come out, the first leaf that you're going to have, the first leaf stage, so V1, is going to be a rounded tip on the leaf. And once that one is is done every other leaf is going to have a pointed tip. So that's your way to tell, all right, is it the first true leaf or or where are we at? So as long as you can see that first one with the rounded leaf, it, it really makes it easy to start counting from there. Then after that, we're just looking for a fully developed leaf collar. So what I mean by that leaf collar is where the leaf attaches to the stem. It's going to kind of harden off and maybe even get just a little bit more uh, at, at, at I don't know what to say. I would say yellow color sometimes, but not always. But you'll see that hardened off leaf collar rather than no leaf collar whatsoever. And as soon as you get those hardened off, fully developed leaf collars, you can count them. So when I say V4, that's four fully developed leaf collars. And I don't really look at, well, how many leaves do I see? Because I'll probably see six or even seven at that point. But I'm looking at how many leaves are fully developed. So when we're talking about early corn fungicides, that first timing that we hear about in the industry is, well, V4 to V7 window. So that's a pretty wide window. That's that's a, a long period of time there. And I don't know that that's really the ideal window to spray. For me, what I'm looking at on my farm is, do I have any kind of disease problems that early in the season? If I don't, then I want to wait as long as I can and spray that fungicide towards V7. Uh, I want it to be even a little bit later than that if I can because I'd love to get that ear leaf exposed. It's not going to be fully developed. It's not going to have a leaf collar yet, but that ear leaf could be exposed. If you're at V7, you could have 10 leaves out there and, and you could about be there. So that's something that I'd like to protect just like in wheat. We like to protect the flag leaf. In corn, we really want to make sure we're protecting that ear leaf if we can. Now, the other thing that you may think about is, well, how about plant health benefits? And when we've got five plus dollar new crop corn that you could lock in today, wow, all of a sudden it changes the economics of everything we're doing. And when you're early in the season on corn, 
oftentimes we're just using a half a rate because we've got a very small plant that we're trying to protect. So we don't need this huge dose out there when we've got just a tiny little plant. So when we're looking early in the season, if you're trying to influence plant health and you can do it for half price, and then there's some deals this year with some of the different tie-in and rebate type programs with some of the biggest ag chemical manufacturers. Well, if you're already getting a deal where you're maybe getting two, three, four, five dollars an acre off on some of these fungicides, and then you can use a half rate besides, it's pretty inexpensive to spray a product out there to try to improve plant health. And really the name of the game when you talk to a lot of the highest yielding corn producers across the country is let's keep that plant healthy and happy as long as we can. We'd love it to have a healthy, happy day every day throughout the growing season. And so in this case, plant health early on at $5 corn, wow. When you can spray a fungicide for not much more than that, can you get a bushel of corn out of keeping that plant healthy a little bit longer? I don't know, but I'm going to sure take that bet on my farm. And it's something that you should definitely consider on yours. And and here's the other thing. When we look at 2021 and the opportunity that we have to try to make some money, you just have to relook at every investment that you've got on the farm. Things that you thought last year really paid. Okay, well, let's see what the economics say today. Did the price go up by double Maybe it isn't such a good deal for me. What Did I not have very much yield gain at all? There were things that we tried on the farm last year that we just didn't get enough yield gain. And even when you run today's numbers on them, they still aren't good ideas. But there are other things that you'd say, wow, if I can invest $5 and gain 15 back, that's a three to one return on investment. I like that. So I'm going to do more of that on my farm. But I would caution you on this. I've already seen it on social media. I've heard it from other farmers around us saying, well, goodness, I can get over $5 for new crop corn. I'm just going to throw the kitchen sink at this crop. I don't recommend that. Now, are we going to put some extra things towards our crop? Absolutely we are. But we're still looking at what the return on investment is on each and every one of those things. And if we don't have any data, will we take a chance on a couple things on a small scale? Of course we will. We're always looking at some of the new things. But if we do have data that says, you know what, if we spray this at this timing with this going on in the field, we are getting whatever, one bushel, two bushel, five bushel, whatever that is. We're going to use those numbers to help us figure out what today's prices is it worth doing. So this year, if you say, man, I don't have any data on anything else other than what we're doing. In fact, I don't even have data on some of the things that we are doing. Well, then I would challenge you this year. Get some data. Leave an untreated check. Take a look at what's going on on your farm so you know going forward hey does this pay or does it not pay and if you're trying new things this year man what a great time to do this always leave an untreated check probably keep that relatively small just in case it's a disaster but that way you know if it's going to pay going forward talk about early corn fungicides on today's show right after this help keep the toughest most resistant diseases out of your fields with lucinto fungicide from fmc an exclusive novel premix of two modes of action delivers broad-spectrum control and a long-lasting protective residual. Tackle key diseases in corn, soybeans, wheat, peanuts, and sugar beets. Choose Lucinto Fungicide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or lucinto.ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions for use. You work for results. 
That's why the Enlist Weed Control System gives you flexible tank mixing, near zero volatility, a wide application window, and proven weed control. Because the Enlist system was built for your results. Get better weed control with no ifs, ands, or buts at Enlist.com. Enlist.com. Want to cut production costs without losing yield? Brian Ryberg from Buffalo Lake, Minnesota has done just that. Here's his story. We began using a soil warrior in our farm the fall of 2014. We've seen many benefits from better water infiltration, a lot less hours on equipment, fuel, able to reduce our fertilizer side, so it's really simplified our operation. See what makes Soil Warrior different and better at SoilWarrior.com. Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about early corn fungicide use. If you are raising corn this year, are you going to be spraying a fungicide? Are you going to be spraying a fungicide more than once? When are you going to get started and which product are you going to use? We've got some big questions going into this year, especially with these market prices. Man, we've got a chance to really do something out there in our cornfields this year. So that's why we're talking about early corn fungicides on today's Ag PhD radio show. If you have questions or feedback, our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD, or you can always email us radio at agphd.com. Let's head down to Nebraska. Got Brandon Shroggy on with us right now with FMC. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm great, Darren. Happy to be on. You bet. Well, I know you've got some interest in uh, a lot of different products out there. When you think about pre-emerged soybean products, think about insecticides. Obviously, FMC's got a big presence in those markets. But the fungicide market is really exciting. You've actually got some pretty cool products to take a look at. Uh, And it starts even with planting time fungicides but moves certainly into this early season of early corn fungicides. So, Brent, I don't know if we wanted to talk about planting time yet or if most of that window is passed as a lot of the corn's gone in, but uh, you could sure kick us off with a little planting time fungicide talk if you'd like. Sure, yeah, and I think there's still plenty to go out. Obviously, a lot of ground is is already planted, but there's still opportunity for those in the upper Midwest to get some stuff in. Um, not to mention the sweet corn, popcorn markets. Uh, but yeah, it all started with flutrifol, um, a relatively um, lesser known compound. Um, we started to develop our understanding on it, realizing that, you know, just because we have this particular compound, does that mean we understand everything about it? And so in looking into some of its different biochemical properties, you know, its KOC values, uh, the octanol water coefficient tables, understanding exactly how systemic it is. That's what's led us to be able to incorporate this as an at-plant fungicide. Um, and it's creating a lot of buzz because this is the first uh, time a concept like that has ever been employed. And we're starting to see the benefits throughout the country already. You know, when you think about that, putting a fungicide in furrow has been done, but it's been done with the mindset of let's put a little extra protection out for the seed. And, you know, for the young seedling, maybe we would get some protection for a month. 
And that was enough in some cases, especially with really early planting into cold, wet conditions for, for guys to say, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And we saw products like Headline and Xanthian going out there for that. But with Flutriafol, we're seeing extended benefits well into the season and on some of the tougher diseases like northern corn leaf blight and uh, gray leaf spot. That, that's pretty exciting. And I know we've gotten a ton of feedback, Brandon, from growers around the country saying they're going to give it a shot this year. So for the guys who haven't heard about this before, who haven't uh, considered doing that this year, uh, what what's your pitch to them? What are some of the things they should be looking for? Sure. So it's, it's a very systemic um, lengthy um, residual compound that what we're going to do is we're going to apply either in the, in the furrow or we can go up to three inches off of that seed um, in the, in the soil. And what that's going to allow us to do is get taken up through that plant as it begins to emerge and germinate. And then what's going to happen is we're going to have a significant loading of flutriafol throughout that plant throughout the growing season. And so when we think of our traditional you know, fungicide applications where a lot of the university research points to this tassel time application, you know, that's great. A lot of growers use that system, especially if they're managing foliar insects. But the issue becomes is if their topography or maybe the size of their field or just their general operation doesn't allow for aerial application, that's what has started a trend to earlier applications, whether it be with ground rigs from, you know, the vegetative stages of five through eight, um, trying to get some of that early disease control, you know, whether it be anthracnose, um, eye spot, things of that nature. So what we're doing is we're taking that natural market trend and we're trying to get something in furrow to give us that season-long disease protection for that, those growers that have no other option. And so this is something great that we can apply um, in a number of different scenarios. But what I've always encouraged guys to do is if you have a field where you struggle to get a fungicide on, especially with the commodity prices we're seeing right now, we, there's proven value in getting Zyway on that plant. And so we believe if you can get that incorporated into your operation, um, test drive it for yourself. You're going to be very happy come the fall. Yeah, there are a couple different ways to do it, too. The LFR version, very similar to Capture LFR, which is pretty easy to mix. That's a nice way to go. Otherwise, if you've got the Thrive 3D system, you can put it out in a foam that gets you just tremendous coverage. We've been doing that in our farm now the last couple of years and really like that system. Brandon Shragi here with FMC. Brandon, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today. Yes, sir. Thank you. Let's head down to Iowa. We've got our friend Zach Trower with Syngenta on. Zach, how's it going? Hey, it's it's going good down here. A little chilly, but uh, it's going pretty good. <laughs> we just had a, an extension agent from uh, Iowa State on yesterday, and he was saying he had driven down to Kansas City over the weekend. He goes, man, I didn't see any corn out of the ground, and I only saw one soybean field up, but I'm betting that's going to change in a hurry in Iowa. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, I would say over the past few days, I've been getting more and more pictures of corn popping out of the ground. And even with these dry conditions, we're still finding some moisture for that crop to get up here. So Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so as this crop gets going, we talk about early corn fungicide use. And with market prices the way they are, getting a lot of feedback from growers asking us about this topic. Hey, what do you think about early fungicides? Are they going to pay? Now that corn's worth quite a bit, it won't take a whole lot of gain to justify the expense. So I think there's going to be a lot of farmers doing that this year, maybe even for the first time. What do we need to know going into that early early season corn fungicide application? Absolutely. There's, there's two main reasons that we might be looking at that early season corn fungicide, right? Maybe, you know, the first thing that I hear commonly 
you know, covering the state of Iowa, obviously we have quite a bit of corn on corn, is that early season disease protection, right? We know we have some fairly aggressive diseases in the state of Iowa, gray leaf spot, northern corn, leaf blight being two very common ones, but also we have some new diseases like tar spot. Tar spot being very aggressive, it's something I'm fairly familiar with. We've had it on our farm in Wisconsin for several years. And when folks are looking at that V5 fungicide, what we're trying to do is start that initial layer of protection, right? Get get something down that can grow with that plant and protect it through those early season development because we know infection can happen a lot earlier. The second train of thought is obviously for plant health benefits. And that's something that I think has really been getting stirred up here in Iowa because we're, we're entering a fairly, you know, the, the drought monitor is indicating we're, we're in a drought. And I think I was talking to a grower that said he's had a half inch of rain in all of April, which that's fairly uncommon here in the Midwest. So um, some of those plant health benefits we're seeing like drought mitigation, uh, regulating those stomatas, which is obviously what releases moisture from the plant, holding more moisture in that plant, allowing it to get through these drought conditions uh, mid season, you know, from V5 to say uh, when we're looking at our tassel application. Yeah, there's, there's just so much going on out there. And the other thing, too, that I wanted to ask you about, too, Zach, before we, we forget this, uh, is just talking about all these modes of action that we've got. You've got some exciting new products, and I know we've probably had more questions about your fungicide products than anybody's. A lot of excitement around Trivapro over the years, but now with these mm-hmm. Miravis products, uh, man, you got a lot going on. Yeah, and that, that third mode of action, that adepidin technology, you know, you know, take a step back, you know, we go back to Trivapro, right? That, that Salatinol technology that we saw with Trivapro really changed the game. It really changed that length of residual we saw, but also those plant health benefits. What we're seeing with this next generation of SDHI chemistries, the Miravis brands like Miravis Neo, we commonly use here in Iowa, we're seeing even in more enhanced water regulation. We're seeing more enhanced disease protection, much wider spectrum of control. I know that's my go-to when I'm looking at tar spot control. But, you know, just that that length of residual, everything we're seeing with this new Miravis brand is, and that SDHI technology has really been kind of stepping up the game. Yeah, the water regulation that you mentioned, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And I'm hopeful that Iowa gets a bunch of rain going forward, but you're right. It's been awful dry so far. Yeah, there's with, uh, you know, I was looking at the the Board of Trade for October futures and, you know, we're looking at, you know, over $5 corn cash bid in October. I think every grower is, is getting a little nervous. I, I am hopeful. I'm always an optimist. You know, it's still spring. I always joke in Iowa, we're probably a few days away from a three inch rain, but I, I think I think we could use a nice drink of water here soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll take we'll take that rain ASAP. We're talking to Zach Trower with Syngenta. Zach, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Good luck here heading into the season. Yep, y'all too. Talking about early season corn fungicide use on today's Ag PhD radio program. Stay tuned. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. 
Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. As a little girl, I always wanted to run the combine because it meant I was helping dad. And dad always said, farmers are helpers. I'm teaching that to my daughters, that farmers help our family, our neighbors, and our community. It's what I do at work. I help farmers get the equipment they need. My name is Kim. I'm a farmer, and I work for Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at Ag PhD, we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an Ag PhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. When it comes to commanding herbicide formulations, you know New Farm. New Farm brings you Panther SC, an animal when it comes to speed of control and long residual on a broad spectrum of tough broadleaf weeds like mare's tail, palmer amaranth, and water hemp. And did we mention convenience? Panther SC works in pre-plant, pre-emerge, and post-harvest systems and keeps your rotation options open. New Farm and Panther SC, here to help. Each year brings new and unique challenges to farming, and your operation needs to constantly adapt to meet them. That's why at AgBiome, we're working every day to bring you new and better solutions, microbial-based solutions that protect your crop and help it reach its full potential. To learn more about how we're doing it, visit agbiome.com. That's A-G-B-I-O-M-E.com. AgBiome, feeding the world responsibly, partnering with microbes for human benefit. back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking about early corn fungicides, also taking your calls and questions. Our phone lines are always open during our show at 844-44-AG-PHD. And certainly always welcome our friend Bill Brush on the show out in California. Bill, how you doing? Good. How's things back there for you guys? Dry. We're, we're dry, Bill, but uh, just about done planting, so we're happy about that. You got to take uh, and apples, or, or I should say, lemonade out of everything we try to do these days. You know, when you think about uh, all that's going on out in the field, I, I just think we're we're busy. But whenever we talk to you out in California, it's well, we're planting and we're harvesting and we're doing some <laughs> stuff in between. What what is the situation right now in California? Oh. You know, as always, it's a mixed base. It depends where you are in the state and what crops you're growing. But uh, really, that our, our big consideration now is, is uh, lack of water. Uh, we've had, you know, we, we depend so much on rainfall and then that storage of snow in, the, in our mountains that uh, there's a lot of people in real 
dire straits. Uh, the price of, of trying to buy water gets almost prohibitive at this time. And, and so that's all it was. Uh, I was talking to Janelle, and one of the things that I brought, I wanted to bring up, you know, about uh, water, because it has such an effect on everything we do, both water quality, but even when you're applying an in, uh, insecticide, a herbicide, uh, is no what your water is that you're putting it into. A lot of people just hook up to the, their water, dump it in the tank, put their materials in and go spray. When a lot of the efficacy of your products begin to get tied up by the water you're using. And uh, sometimes people say, well, it didn't work very well. Well, it doesn't mean the product could have been a water issue that, that actually tied up some of your chemical in the, the process. So it's always good to know. I always say you can't fix what you don't know. So you really know need to know the water your water quality, and I I think that uh, we way undersell that what uh, what we do. You know, so many times these products are developed under perfect pristine conditions, and though, so their results are based on those conditions. And uh, I think we can get better use, and and we can use the proper amounts. You know, a lot of times we have different rates we can apply. And sometimes a guy will say, well, I put two pints that work perfectly. Well, the guy says, I don't get any results if I don't go four pints. It could be as simple as the water that they were using of tying up their material. That's that's an interesting discussion, Bill. When you look at that water quality, I mean, there's a number of factors there. I mean, depending on what you're spraying, of course, if it's chlorinated water or not, if it's really hard water or, or if it's really a wacky pH, in most cases a really high pH is, is a problem, I would say, more commonly. But what, are there is there anything else that you're seeing in water that, that is causing a problem? Or, or what is the biggest uh, issue that you've got? Is it is it the hardness or is it something else? Normally it's hardness, but I, you know, I, we run the gamut here. So I've seen really poor quality water trying to be used as spraying and, and the, the water, just if you sprayed the water would have a detrimental effect on the, pl- on the crop. You also have an effect if you're not careful where water can actually be too pure. And one of the problems with too pure water is it tends to want to mineralize. And so it can tie up some of your uh, products, or it could also tend to not want to make your product near as useful because the water doesn't have the same effect when it's too pure. Uh, it can actually have detrimental effects by it. And everybody says, well, how can it be too pure? Well, water wants to be a, a somewhat mineralized. I always put it to, if you've ever looked at a bottle, and we all drink a lot of it these days, bottled water, you'll always see but they're used to adding some kind of mineral to it, uh, you know, calcium carbonate, sodium bicarbonate. It could be a lot of different uh, cations that they're adding to give it some body, okay? And, and one of the things about that, whether it's for irrigation or for spray, is to make sure you've got a useful, useful water that's balanced. And, and in addition to, like, irrigation, we just don't want it to penetrate to sideways movement. And we have pure water, it tends to move straight up and down and not infiltrate like we'd like it to do and get full value from it. Uh, that's why a lot of times with our rainfall, uh, almost water in acidic conditions, uh, but sometimes that mineral in that top couple inches and actually will make it infiltrate better than you've been getting. So, so many aspects 
to water and water quality. I, I started on this ver- journey about 20 years ago and, and I've learned over time that uh, your number one input always is water into your farming operation and making it work properly becomes uh, really the essence of, of what the best farmers usually get. Some are, get that by accident. They've just got good quality water and it works really well for them. Others have had to, to uh, change and adjust their system to make it work. You know, when we think about the water quality and all the different things that farmers are doing out in the field besides foliar fungicide, PGRs, uh, natural or biological products are getting out there, and certainly pesticide use, uh, this this is a big deal. And you're right, that water is very important and it's definitely taken for granted. We're, we're talking about early season disease issues today too, Bill. And, you know, when you look at disease problems and a lot of the different crops that you work in, why do we see disease problems early in the field if we're truly feeding that plant well if we're doing things right for soil health can we still get disease is this something that's always going to be a challenge yeah i've uh it's funny about pests and they, they come in all forms from from rodents gophers and squirrels to uh you know birds everything one of the things you need to know is that the healthier your crop gets and the healthier your soil gets, uh, a lot of these other uh, varmints, critters, uh, to understand that it's better to live to and in. So we always have to be diligent about making sure we're doing it. If you're your crop as overfeeding, if your crop can actually then begin to exude its excesses meaning if you've got too much nitrogen in your system, it'll begin to exude uh, nitrogen from its, you know, from its leaf structure. And, and one of those things that happens is that all life. Say what, Bill, you're cutting out on us here. I, I, I like, I like where Bill's heading there though, that we can overdo some things out in the field that creates some more stress too. So sometimes we think we've got the ideal environment. We can still have challenges. Like today we're talking about the early corn fungicide use and a lot of growers that are talking to us about, Hey, I'm definitely going to be out there with fungicides in my corn. I'm definitely expecting there's going to be some disease issues. Many of them are going into a continuous corn situation or into a heavy residue situation and they've had issues in the past. So, hey, I've got this experience that I've seen disease out there in this field before and I'm back with corn now, whether it's the very next year or a couple years down the road. And and that's something to think about too. I I do feel like if we've got healthy plants and we've got a balanced fertility mix in our soil and and we're, we're right within the the ideal windows of fertility that we often talk about on the show, that we've got a better shot, we've got a healthier plant, and just like us as humans, if we're healthier and we've gotten plenty of rest and we're eating well, we've got a better shot of warding off disease. That doesn't mean that disease isn't going to come. And certainly, uh, Bill was kind of highlighting there too, if we've got some excesses out in the field, which let's face it, in many of our fields, we have gotten out of balance. He, he mentioned nitrogen, and I know for our own farm, 
That was dad's answer to yellow corn. Oh, we need more nitrogen. And it wasn't always a nitrogen shortage out there. And and that can create some issues for us too. Uh, We're talking about early corn fungicides on today's program, talking about early disease pressure in our corn crop. And our phone lines are open too. If you have an agronomic question or if you want to talk about this topic, it's 844-44-AG-PHD. You can always email us as well, radio at agphd.com. It's been fun talking to folks in the Midwest. Also fun talking to Bill there out in California. A lot of areas of the country are kind of dry right now. And many times we think dry weather uh, won't have much for a disease problem in my field, but that's not always the case. We'll talk more about that right after this. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. No matter what time of the year it is on your farm, with a Bayer Plus Rewards program, earning and redeeming rewards are always in season. Because when you buy two or more eligible seed or crop protection products throughout the year, you earn $3 per acre in cashback rewards. Cash you can redeem and reinvest in your farm later in the season. That's Bayer Plus Rewards, and that's how we're helping make every part of your season, well, rewarding. Visit MyBayerPlus.com to learn more. See program terms and conditions for full details. AgroLiquid is precision crop nutrition. That means being committed to product performance, to research and field testing, and to superior agronomics. Most of all, AgroLiquid is committed to delivering precisely the right nutrition in the right way, including seed-safe planter plus side dress applications and foliar applications with low burn risk. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. This is Quick Dick McDick from Tufnell asking you, have you heard of Mandaco Land Rollers? They're the ones with the green paint, and I'm not talking about the green paint that requires a technician and a laptop to fix. I'm talking about the Mandaco green paint that doesn't need fixing because it's built tough. We're talking 5-8 thick, 42-inch diameter drums, people, and I've learned never to talk about size unless you can back it up when a measuring tape gets pulled out. So keep your seed and rocks in the ground where they belong and get yourself a roller at mandaco.com. Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. If you're looking to get the most out of your foliar nutrition and fungicide programs, ask your ag retailer about Nutex EDA from Sipcam Agro. Nutex EDA has been proven to increase foliar micronutrient tissue levels and maintain those levels for an extended period of time. When tank mixed with fungicides, Nutex EDA helps support plant health, resulting in higher quality and yields. Nutex EDA is an affordable and effective solution that should be part of every grower's high yield toolbox.
You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, talking early corn fungicides here in the Morton studio today. But out in the fields, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of corn popping up in the Midwest. And a lot of farmers getting kind of excited about what the corn price is and the opportunity to make money. So we've got a lot of questions on early disease pressure, early corn fungicides, and what we can do to get a good return on investment. Got Marty Chilvers on with us right now with Michigan State. Marty, thanks for joining us. Hey, Darren. Thanks for having me on. Hey, one of the questions, Marty, that's come up pretty commonly this year is, our area is very dry. Will I have to worry about disease pressure this year, or will it be different diseases than what I'm used to? How do you respond to that? <laughs> right. If we can predict the weather, then we've got to predict <laughs> what diseases are going to turn up, right? That's, so that's always the big challenge. Um, yeah, I mean, so if we're dry, yeah, we're going to certainly expect less disease pressure. Um, so if, if this sort of continues, there's going to be less issues. But certainly if we pick up more wetness events, that's going to drive disease. That's just generally how it works. You know, we were talking with Zach Trower. He works with Syngenta over in Iowa earlier on mm-hmm. the show, and he just mentioned in Iowa we're always a few days away from a three-inch rain. You just never know when it's right. coming. And, yeah, we can go from dry to wet in a hurry. So talk to us about this early season disease pressure. I know there's certainly been some talk in the industry for a number of years now about spraying corn with fungicides in the V4 to V7 window. But uh, is there really disease pressure there or why? Why, why might a grower consider doing that? Yeah, I mean, so from, from a lot of the university work, we, we typically just don't tend to pick up much um, much advantage from those really early vegetative sprays. Uh, it depends where you are. If you're in the south, you know, where you're battling southern rust, um, then, yeah, that's certainly, you know, where we see that some of those early sprays potentially paying off because we've got disease pressure there and causing issues. Uh, but for most of the Midwest, I'd say, you know, we don't just tend to see as much benefit. Um, uh, you know, the later season sprays at, at tasseling is, is generally where we pick up much bigger uh, yield protection, especially when there's disease pressure around. Now, when we've got when we've got diseases like a gray leaf spot, like a northern corn leaf blight, I know growers talk about those a lot, starting mm-hmm. in the lower parts of the canopy oftentimes. When do you see those start kicking up in the geography that you cover? Is this a June thing? Is it well into July before you see a bunch of pressure, or it just depends on the year? Yeah, it, it does again. Yeah, it does really does depend on the year. Um, I'd say late June, we're starting to pick that up. And, and part of that is also the, the canopy that we have. If there's not much of a canopy, there's not you know, not as much uh, potential for these diseases to really get cranking. I think once we've got more canopy there, then we've got more potential for you know, plant-to-plant spread and things to really start kicking up. Um, so, yeah, late June, July, definitely, that's that's a really good time to start scouting, especially as we, yeah, again, sort of head into those, um, you know, silking um, times. Yeah, you mentioned the canopy, and this is something that, that we've had a few questions on, too. Certainly a big interest in cover crops, a lot more growers doing that, and uh, even planting green into cover crops. We're seeing a lot of that going on this spring. Mm-hmm. Do you see much much impact? Uh, a lot of guys using cereal rye, coming in with a grass crop corn. Do you see any disease issues that we should be watching out for? Um, not so much on the foliar disease side of things, right? Because a lot of those foliar pathogens are going to be different between uh, corn and and that cereal rye, that other grass. What we might be concerned about there is, you know, potentially elevated pisium levels, something like that. If we're 
um, you know, if we're planting too close to that, that um, into that root zone of decaying material, then we may have some issues uh, in that sort of sense. You might be, you know, having a bit of a spike in some of those soil-borne pathogens. So that would be something to watch for. Certainly. And and early planting date, too. I would assume that that leads us to more of those seed and seedling diseases, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you're putting your, your seed, um, you, you're making your seed treatment work a lot harder just because, you, you know, you're exposing those those plants to conditions that, they're going to need more of that protection. Those cool, wet conditions tend to favour, especially a lot of the pythiums and some of the fusarium as well. Um, you just, you know, slower to emerge and everything. That that that's those sort of conditions where we tend to see more seedling disease issues. You know, over the years we've seen marketing, especially from BASF with Headline and Xanthian mm-hmm. in furrow. Now FMC's coming with Zywave, Lutriafol mm. in furrow. Have you had a chance to look at some of those products? And if so, what what have you noticed? Yeah, it's it's interesting. We've done a little bit of work uh, with some different um, Infaro products, and, and certainly mo- more recently with Zyway. Um, yeah, Zyway's certainly been interesting. We've tested it for at least a couple of years now, um, and, and what we do see is that we are picking up some you know, grey leaf spot and uh, northern leaf blights protection, not just you know, very early in the season, but it sort of carries through because that particular product is pretty mobile in the plant and has a fairly long half-life. Um, so it's really interesting. I really want some more, you know, more data. University folk always want more data, right? That's, that's what we're sort of guilty of. Um, but it's it's definitely interesting. Um, and I, I want to, yeah, I want to see how that plays out. And this year we've got uh, multi-state trials uh, with a whole bunch of universities uh, participating to look at this in more detail. Wondering, Marty, uh, switching gears just a little bit from corn, are you seeing disease issues showing up in any crops early this season? No, not not so far. Uh, not here in Michigan anyway. I think we're about 25% of the corn, I think. Marty, you're the only 20%. one disappointed by that. You're the only one disappointed that you're not seeing disease <laughs> issues. All our listeners are breathing oh, no. a sigh of relief right now. That's right. That's We'd right. like your season to be very, very boring. That's it, Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only thing we are seeing a little bit of, um, we've got a really good crop of wheat here in Michigan, um, and we, we hope that stays that way. So we're we're keeping an eye on striped rust, but it sounds like it's much, much further to the south. Um, so that doesn't sound like it's going to be an issue for us. It has blown up in the past. In 2016, we had an epidemic that really did a lot of damage. A little bit of powdery mildew out there. Got to keep an eye on the septoria and that wheat as well. Watch it's not sort of getting away on us, but... So far, we might be okay to hang off until we um, hit into heading and then make that, that application for fusarium head blight that will also provide some protection to that flag leaf as well. Yeah, that would be fantastic if we could make it well into the season without challenges. Um, you know, when we think about some of these diseases that have blown around a little bit, tar spot was a discussion a little bit earlier on the show. Mm. Do, you, do you learn any more about tar spot this year? And at what point do growers need to start uh, being concerned about that, watching for it in fields and so forth this year? Yeah, yeah, that that's a good, good one to chat about. So, you know... Um, I think the earliest we have seen it is, I believe, um, July. No, oh, geez, it's been a little while since I gave that particular talk. But, you know, again, it's once we get that canopy really starting to develop. Um, typically, we don't see it really kicking up much in June. It's really, you know, again, July that we, we see it really starting to, to explode. 
Um, last year, under irrigation, we had a field that was corn on corn, very heavy tar spot pressure the year before. And we were not able to pick it up until we were at, right at silking, about the middle of July. And now, and we're talking one or two spots in like a 10-acre field that we were scouting at very intensively. Um, we put applications on then, and you know, from that we were seeing about a 50 bushel pr protection because we were under such heavy pressure because we were irrigated. But across the region, it was very dry that year, um, so we didn't see a great deal of tar spot in, in a lot of those rain-fed fields, thank goodness. And, and the same thing might happen this year, but if we get a lot of rainfall during the season, um, you know, come the end of June and start of July there, we really want to be watching for that disease then um, and being ready to make an application. Well, we're certainly all hoping that we start getting some more moisture in a lot of these areas that are dry, but but you're right, we're talking mm -hmm. with Marty Chilvers here with Michigan State that our, our odds of disease problems are a little lower when we're dry, but that can, that can definitely change in a hurry, so you want to keep scouting. Marty, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. I do hope that you have a boring year and don't see much for disease out there, but but if you do, uh, be sure to let us know. All right. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Marty. We're talking about early corn fungicide use on our show today. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. We'll get back to some of those callers right after this short break. You can also email us, radio at agphd.com. Starting to get a few pictures creeping in from emerged corn here this week. That's exciting. It's good to see and, and uh, really look forward to talking about all those in-crop management things that are coming up just right around the corner. Uh, stay tuned. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Pentair Hypro 3D nozzles are your premier choice for fungicide applications. Syngenta fungicide application field trials have shown Hypro 3D nozzles provide a yield advantage of up to 10% over other nozzles, maximizing the return on your fungicide investment. Learn more at pentair.com slash hypro. Start your crop off right with the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. Our spike design excels on variable soils and shatters compaction. Plus, the unique shoulder firmer encases the seed to maximize seed-to-soil contact. Order yours at farmshopmfg.com. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at Ag PhD, we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an Ag PhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. Introducing the next generation of weed control in wheat, Wide AR Match Herbicide. Uh, I'm sorry, is this a typo? I mean, there's an AR in the middle of Wide Match. Mm-hmm, that's the name. It's called Wide R Match Herbicide. Oh, my bad. From the top. <clears throat> Introducing Wide R Match from Corteva AgriScience. It's not a typo, it's an upgrade. The AR stands for RLX Active for improved control of the toughest broadleaf weeds in wheat. Talk with your retailer to learn more. You're looking for soybeans that give you the yield you want. But when it comes to fighting your toughest weeds, you also need flexibility. Introducing Extend Flex Soybeans. Elite Genetics with triple tolerance to dicamba, glyphosate, and glufosinate. The yield you want, the choice you need. Learn more at extendflexsoy.com. Always read and follow IRM where applicable, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. 
Morton Buildings knows that great buildings need great people, and we want you to be the newest member of our team. Morton is expanding its construction crew, and we're seeking new and experienced candidates to fill our crew member positions. Morton provides great pay and training, so be a part of the next generation to build Morton. Don't let the opportunity to join the best construction crew in the business pass you by. Learn more on our careers page at mortonbuildings.com. Heat, drought, wind, hail, northern corn leaf blight, gray leaf spot. If your corn is under stress, you are too. Get Veltima fungicide, swift activity, with fast payback, an expanded application window. Makes life simple, and it's the secure choice. With powerful residual for visibly healthier corn. Swift, simple, secure. Veltima fungicide. Call your BASF rep today. Always read and follow label directions. Veltima fungicide is not registered in all states. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, talking about early corn fungicides on today's program and taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Ken from Illinois has been holding on the line for a while now. Ken, thank you so much for hanging on there. Really appreciate it. Yeah, say I was wondering about uh, your early fungicide deal. We did that uh, about five, six years ago. We had a I think it was DuPont was giving away a product, there's some approach, and okay. we bought 40 acres and give they give us 40 acres, and we tried it. We did see a significant yield increase by it, but the reason was it was uh, we had a real windy year that year, and we had a lot of green snap, and that was the only corn that didn't green snap. Sure. Is that the only, I mean, is that the one of the benefits, or is now, this year we were thinking with the price getting cheaper on some of this generic stuff that maybe we should try it on maybe our corner and corner, maybe all of it. I was just wondering kind of what you were thinking about that. Hey, I'm glad you mentioned that green snap comment, Ken, because we actually saw some of this on our own farm too, where we had a, a significant wind event. We had aerially applied some fungicide on that field and where wherever that plane had turned, you, there were just some little spots that he didn't get perfect coverage. Those spots went down and the rest of it didn't. And in that case, we we were still able, since most of the stuff right around it was right there, it, it had something to lean on and we didn't have a big yield loss or anything from it. But my brother's like, well, you know, we didn't see a significant gain there. And I'm like, well, it's not like we had big wide strips that we could could judge by we just had a few rows here and there that we could see but we could see it visually that it made a difference you know the the green snap and and just helping that plant stay healthier and stronger is definitely one of the benefits most of the time we're looking at disease protection and corn and corn situations like you outlined that's a great spot to try things if you're doing this early season application where we're looking at that you know v4 to v7 window where a grower can actually do it with your own ground rig we're typically cutting the rate back with a smaller plant we don't have a full canopy we're, we're often using a half a rate at that timing on our farm, and that's worked quite well for us, and it's helped with the, the expense. Because you're right, some of those products, especially some of the three mode of action brand new ones, can be kind of spendy on their own. Yes, they definitely can be. Yeah, so we, we try to 
well, I guess where we can do the application ourselves, that saves us money. I mean, certainly if you're going to do a tasseling time application, a lot of growers are going to be hiring an airplane and, and I get it. You're going to spend eight or 10 bucks on the airplane plus what you're going to spend on the product. But oftentimes, uh, as Marty Chovers was on with Michigan state here just a minute ago, and, and he was saying, that's usually where we see our bigger gains in, especially where he's at, as you go further East and where, where you're at in Illinois, a lot of those tasseling time applications have been pretty profitable where we're at in the far western corn belt we're just desperate to get our crop off to a good start and we've got dry weather and and drought stress again this year the moisture regulation portion of what these fungicides do has been real helpful for us so a lot of times the half rate with our ground rig has been a good gainer for us but yeah where you're at where you've got more pressure from gray leaf spot and and northern corn leaf blight on a normal year you, you got a better chance of, of things paying that's for sure thank you very much you bet hey thanks a lot ken oh one other thing too uh, you mentioned approach and i don't have anything any negative comments to say about that product but it is one mode of action and that's something too that we just didn't have a few years back we didn't have a lot of well we didn't have any three mode of action products but we had very few two mode of action products and that's one thing that we've seen with some of these three mode of action products that have an sdhi in there too we've got longer lasting products and that's kind of a nice thing too especially where you're at because it seems like disease pressure in in illinois certainly is really relentless and having a little longer window of control could be a good thing for you too. Yeah, Darren, that three mode of action, do they have any of them available in the generic stuff? You know, they don't necessarily, not in a pre-mixed three mode of action, but many of those uh, products you can get just the SDHI isn't really available in a generic yet at this point uh you're you're kind of stuck there, but you can get two mode of action products for 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 cheap and add a single mode of action product into it or you could just go with a dual mode of action product that yeah there are a lot of generic alternatives a lot of competition there and some deals to be had okay all right thanks a lot ken good luck thank you i got a question uh this one, oh, actually a comment. This one came from, from uh, DP who says, you guys are talking about plowing. We've found plowing is the only way to go, and rotating crops at the same time has been helpful for us. Well, thanks, DP. We appreciate the comment. Yeah, there, it depends on where you're at, of course, as to what methods are going to work the best. I don't think really there's one thing that always works the best for everyone, but it, it's pretty good to hear that, you know, for growers to say, hey, this system works really well for me. And for somebody else, they, they may prefer something different. It's kind of nice that we get the, the choice to be able to do different things on the farm. I uh, got this one from EA who said, hey, guys, could you please suggest to me how to fight couch grass? Tillage is not really helping us out. Okay, first of all, uh, when we think about couch grass, there are multiple species of perennial grasses that all kind of get lumped into this. And it's kind of similar to me at, with some of the brome species in our geography. A lot of farmers will call them cheat grass, but there's a bunch of different species that could potentially fall into that category. So, okay, let's talk about couch grass. It's a perennial and Glyphosate is very effective, but of course, in, in spring wheat was was your question here. In spring wheat, you can't really spray glyphosate over the top. So the the 
best thing that we could do is is potentially go after that in the fall. And if we can get a good burn down on it on the fall, just like we're doing in our cheat grass, that's been good. Crop rotation has been really nice where we could rotate in a Roundup Ready soybean, for example, where we farm. And then we could utilize glyphosate in that rotation and try and keep them out. Uh, you mentioned the tillage isn't really helping. I looked at some of the research on couch grass and tillage, and it seemed like you had to get deep. And for the guys that were going deep, and especially with a plow, they were able to flip a lot of those rhizomes and even stolons out of the ground, and um, they were able to do okay, reducing the pressure that way. But but the pre-harvest glyphosate applications were some of the more promising things. The other thing is Olympus herbicide, which is propoxycarbazone sodium, would be the active ingredient. That, that one has done a decent job on it too. So I would try Olympus. Uh, you could certainly do glyphosate in the, the pre-harvest glyphosate or in a crop rotation or in a burn down. And if you're going to do tillage, it's going to have to be deep. Thanks for the question, EA. Really appreciate that. Uh, got a comment from uh, MW here. You're talking about diseases. I'm wondering, can you get bacterial or fungal diseases on houseplants too? Yeah, you sure can. And oftentimes the the material, uh, the potting soil or or uh, whatever media you've got these houseplants in, it could definitely carry some of those things. Or the plants themselves could have been in a nursery that had a disease issue going around, and you can certainly get those diseases. So do keep an eye on that. I know sometimes people say, well, I'm just going to throw the plant away and get a different one if I have an issue. That's certainly an option. And there, there are treatments that you can buy from a landscaper, from a uh, nursery, those types of places as well, and even in hardware stores sometimes. So, yeah, if you've got a disease issue, you certainly can deal with that. Thanks for the question. Got this one from Ivan. He said, I've got a wild onion and wild garlic problem, and the landowner will not let me put corn in the field, so it's been soybeans for about 10 years. And I was wondering about a clover and grass mix and taking it for hay and cover crops, lots of different options. I'm in Uganda. Hey, thanks, Ivan. We really appreciate the question. You know, it's a winter perennial with underground bulbs, so that makes it really tough. The fall treatments have worked well in our country uh, using uh, flumioxazin with 2,4-D uh, or using Valor with 2,4-D or Dicamba plus 2,4-D. Those types of treatments in the fall have been pretty effective. So I would look at a fall herbicide approach as one way to try to get this. You certainly can dig out the bulbs if it's just a real small area, but hand pulling has been tough because a lot of times the top part of the plant breaks off, you don't get the bulb, and then they just come back. Uh, there are some other modes of action that have been decent on it too. Glyphosate could be an option that you may consider as well if you have access to that. Thanks, Ivan. We really appreciate the question. And thanks to you for listening to our show today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.